All right, I think we are live. This is episode nine of the JB Graphics download. Tonight we have a special mid-season report for our District 9 football teams, and hopefully everyone's interested and ready to go for the show. I know tonight we're going to – I don't know if we're going to have any guests on tonight, so it might just be me talking the whole time, so hopefully everyone's cool with that. But we're going to go over some of uh, how the week went last week, which would have been week five. We're going to go through the standings maybe do a playoff preview, and then I did some some of my research to decide on who some of my midseason awards will go to and some of the upcoming games and I guess the game of the week game of the year so far. So that's kind of our itinerary for today. And if anyone's I guess we do have some people watching, so make sure to comment and let's try to make this a interactive show so you don't have to listen to me talk the whole time. Well, you will anyways, but you get the point. But anyways, let's get it. Let's get started. Yeah, so uh, if you guys tuned into the... Uh, post-game show that I did last Friday, I kind of gave you a little rundown on our week five scores in the District 9 area. So I, if you uh, listen to that, you obviously heard it, so we'll go through them again. But this past week, week five, we had uh, Red Bank Valley beating Ridgeway 42-33, Central Clarion 48 over Bradford 7, Dubois 24, Brookville 14, Countersport 22, Cameron County 0, Clearfield 42, Penns Valley 14, Kerwinsville 33, Everett 13, Elk County Catholic 49, Otto Eldred 6, Union AC Valley 37, Kane 19, Carn City 35, Monotaw 6, Keystone 41, Smithport 14, St. Mary's 34, Punxsutawney 12, and I see on my document sheet I completely forgot to add the Brockway-Port Allegheny game and Sheffield cocktail game, I believe. I know I was up at uh, Port Allegheny this weekend for the Port-Brockway game, and Port Allegheny won 40-7 on Saturday afternoon. And I'm trying to get the score for um, the Sheffield game. Give me one minute as I try to figure this out. All right. Oh, okay. So we got uh, Bucktail did beat Sheffield. Where? Where is that? Okay, Bucktail beat Sheffield 42-22, and all of the recaps from Week 5, including the Saturday shows, can be found on d9and10sports.com. So yeah, those are uh, that's me reading the scores for everyone. If you want to check out the recaps, definitely log on to d9and10sports.com, and you can find all the recaps from this past week. Um, I know, uh, like I said, I was at the Brockway Port Allegheny game, and that that was uh, didn't go the way I expected it to go. I thought it was going to be a lot closer, especially with like the hype going into that. I know Port Allegheny was three and one at that time. Brockway was two and two going into that after a loss to Union the week before. So I thought it was going to be a lot closer. But in the end, uh, Blaine Moses had a pretty good game, four touchdowns, and he was our JP Graphics Week Five. MVP, and you can see the MVP graphic if you go to JB, the JB Graphics Instagram page. And yeah, so it was kind of cool to travel up to Port Allegheny on Saturday afternoon. I have not been to Port since 2014, whenever I played, so it's been almost eight years. Yeah, eight years about since I was up in Port Allegheny, and that was the first time I was there in the afternoon. And uh, it was a pretty. It was pretty good. The weather was good. Uh, 
The uh, pictures really turned out good too, which you can find on the JP Graphics Smug Mug page. I really like taking daytime photos because obviously it's daytime, so I get a lot better lighting with it. And still, uh, there was still about just as much editing too, because whenever you have the sun, the sun, how kind of how it was is like the sun was on one side and then the shadows kind of affected all that stuff for any photographers out there. So that was. That was a bit of a challenge, too, to touch up there. But other than that, whenever the sun was, like, the players were going towards the sun, I guess, per se, that was a lot better. But got a comment from Carter Renzone, DCC Red Bank, October 13th. I'm assuming he's talking about soccer since DCC doesn't have a football team. So if you're in that area, definitely check out the DCC Red Bank game on October 13th. I know we'll have some of our friends for the show. Uh, Red Zone Highlights will be playing on DCC, and then I know the True Story Bros from Red Bank Valley will be there for Red Bank. So definitely check that out. Hopefully Carter's actually going to be all right to play this week, this time. I know he was kind of injured, he says, so he didn't get to play in the last game. So hopefully, hopefully that, that all works out for Carter. But... Now that we got through the uh, week five recaps, uh, I did do my research on what the standings look like. Uh, I know this was a mid-season report. I, I actually was going to go through uh, team by team on how everyone's done, but I, after I got past four teams and realized I had uh, a lot of teams, I actually just gave up. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just cut down and do it this way. So the standings we have so far in the Region 1, we have Central Clarion uh, is 5-0, and along with 3-0 in their region. Dubois would be second at 4-1, 3-0 in their division. Carn City would be next, 3-2, 3-1. And they would, even though St. Mary's is 4-1, they would have the tiebreaker in the region just because I know Carn City beat St. Mary's a couple weeks ago. Brookville... One and four, one and two in the region. Punxsutawney, two and three, one and two. Monotol, one and four, zero oh and three. And Bradford, zero oh and five, zero oh and five. So that's our region one. Uh, definitely a big, big surprise to see Dubois up there. I know they're off to a better start than how they have in previous years. So shout out to the Dubois group with their loan loss coming to Clearfield that I actually saw. Uh, Actually, we got an update. Carter's, Carter says, I played yesterday. I am ready to go. So Carter will be ready on October 13th for the DCC Red Bank game. But yeah, that's our that's our Region 1 standings we have. In the Region 2, this is where it gets kind of interesting, actually. We got Red Bank Valley on top at 5-0, 3-0. Port Allegheny second, 4-1, 3-0. Keystone, 4-1, 2-1. Union AC Valley, 3-2, 2-1. Kane, 1-4, 1-1. Smithport, 1-4, 1-3. Brockway, 2-3, 0-2. Ridgeway, 0-5, 0-4. So that's our Region 2. Definitely the big hitters there. We got Red Bank, Port, Keystone. That, that, that division's kind of like up for grabs, I feel like, because I know we still have a matchup of... Red Bank, Port Allegheny, and Union Red Bank, but we'll kind of we'll get to that later in the show. Uh, region three, we have ECC is five and zero. Oh. It's kind of a they're one of the three teams that are left in District Nine that are undefeated and three and zero oh in their region. Countersport is second, three and two, two and zero. Oh. Otto Eldred, three and two, two and one. Bucktail, two and two, one and two. Cameron County 0 and 5, 0 and 1, and Sheffield 0 and 4, 0 and 4. So that's our region three. Uh, it's kind of looking like VCC keeps up what they're doing. They're probably, I would say, they're probably going to be the top in that division based off of what the rest of their schedule looks like. So those are our D9 regions and what their standings are like. And we still have two other schools that aren't in any of the D9 leagues. Irwinsville is sitting at 3-2, and 2-2 two, two and two in the ICC league that they're in. 
and Clearfield is four and one, three and zero oh in the Mountain League. I know that uh, Clearfield had that Week One loss and is now on a three-game winning streak. And Kerwinsville broke a two-game losing streak last week with a win over Everett. So that's that's what our uh, that's what our standings look like in District Nine. Now to kind of break it up too, just for people who are looking ahead on the playoffs. I mean, we have that's literally about since it is the midpoint of the season, it's probably about five weeks away uh, in the Class A standings. So this is our, I guess, this is our Class A standings. We got ECC five and zero, Red Bank Valley five and zero, Keystone four and one, Port Allegheny four and one. Countersport three and two, Auto Eldred three and two, Union AC Valley three and two, Kermansville three and two, Brockway two and three, Smithport one and four, Cameron County zero oh and five, and Sheffield zero oh and four. So that's that's the Class A group. I know that the playoffs this year, I was told, is doing it by a committee. This is kind of like how college football does it. So I, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how the seeding and stuff's going to work, especially with how good all these teams are that we have. I mean, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have like nine playoff caliber teams on in Class A, so that's going to be really interesting to see how the committee decides to put the playoffs together. But this could be one of the best Class A playoffs we've seen in District Nine in, in a couple years, because you know sometimes we'll get. Uh, like those eight and seven seeds kind of just take like they don't enter because they're not either they're either not 500 or they just yeah don't want to play that one seed but it, like i said it's going to be real interesting to see down the stretch on where how they how their committee is going to work i don't know if they're going to look at strength of schedule or powerpoints or whatever they decide to do but it's definitely not like the old way they used to do it i don't know if anyone who's watching remembers the old aml ksac playoffs i know that sounds very boomerish of me talking about that but back in the day they used to do the one and three seed would be aml two and four would be ksac and then the wild cards to finish out the last four and then like the year after that they would alternate it and like ksac would get one and three aml two and four I think that's what I said the first time, but you get you kind of get the gist. So they would alternate that. The top four seeds would go AML, KSAC, or KSAC, AML. That's what I was trying to say. So that's uh, that's our Class A standings we have. Uh, I'm not even going to try to predict what the playoff committee would even do, so I'm not even going to get into that part. But that's our Class A standings right now, so take that for what it's worth and I'm sure in a couple weeks we're going to figure out where it's going to be, and you, you'll probably get a gist on what, who's probably going to be seated where. So moving on to the 2A class, we got Central Clarions on top at 5-0, Carn City 3-2, Brookville 1-4, Kane 1-4, Monotown 1-4, Ridgeway 0-5. So in, unless there's a giant turnaround with Brookville, Kane, Monata, I think we probably have our two front runners for what the two-way championship's going to look like. Uh, I think we'll get a good test this week at, to see what uh, Carton City and Central Clarion are because that is actually on the schedule this week. We have Carton City traveling to Central Clarion on Friday, so I think we might get a... Uh, might kind of get a preview of what the two-way championship is going to be like. So definitely keep an eye on that. I know it's going to be at Clarion University. I would definitely, if you're in that area, check out that game. I think uh, Noah from our collab team will be there to get some pictures of that. So that should be a pretty good game, I think. We'll see how good Arn City is. I know they had a, kind of a slow start to the season at 0-2, and, and they worked their way back up with three straight wins. So... Like I said, I think that's going to be a big test to see where Carn City is, and we'll see where Central Clarion is getting a tough test like this with some pressure on the line. 3A, we have only three teams in 3A. We have Clearfield, St. Mary's, and Punxsy. 
Clearfield and St. Mary's are both four and one. So we might get another Clearfield St. Mary's matchup unless Punksy. I know Punksy was on a start of the season off well, but then they kind of fell off a little bit, but there's still definitely time to improve along the schedule. And in class four A, we have Dubois and Bradford. Dubois is four and one. And Bradford is 0-5, so I think that Dubois will probably just move on to the regional playoffs, if I had to guess. But just looking at, just kind of like having all the standings and stuff right in front of me now, I definitely think that 3A favorites are probably Clearfield St. Mary's for another matchup. 2A is probably Central Clarion Carn City. And I really do not know how Class A is going to look. I mean, I know Red Bank, Red Bank Valley is still five and zero, but they kind of struggled against Ridgeway to start. So, but ended up pulling out for the win there too. So, they're five and zero. They keep finding ways to win. So, shout out to our Red Bank fans and followers. Uh, ECC is five and zero. That's nothing to take away from the five and zero. So that's that's definitely a kind of team to watch. And then even like Kerwinsville too, three and two, like they don't play any of the District Nine schools, and they play that in that ICC league. So I don't know if we can compare the strength of schedule with the ICC to the D nine teams, but that they're going to be kind of a wild card too, especially if they finish off the season with a lot of wins. Like that that could be interesting to see where they'll get put on the playoff seating. So, and even Broccoli too, like Broccoli is, even though they've lost two games in a row, but like they lost to a quality Union AC Valley team. They lost to a very good Port Allegheny team, but you also have to remember they put 70 points up on Countersport, who's also three and two. So it's not like Countersport's a bad team either. Like we have a lot of good teams in there. And like I said, I think that class A, side of the playoffs is going to be really interesting down the stretch and to see where everyone can be seated come a couple weeks but so that's kind of our that's our standings right there i'll just go through them again if everyone's joining in late and ecc 5-0 red bank valley 5-0 keystone 4-1 port allegheny 4-1 countersport 3-2 auto eldred 3-2 union ac valley 3-2 kerwinsville 3-2 brockway 2-3 Smithport one and four, Cameron County zero and five, and Sheffield zero and four for Class A, Class two A, Central Clarion five and zero, Carn City three and two, Brookville one and four, Kane one and four, Monotone one and four, Ridgeway zero and five, three A, Clearfield St. Mary's are both four and one, Punxsy two and three, Dubois four and one, Bradford zero and five in the Class four A bracket. So that's our standings. I kind of went through all of the region standings and then I divided up by the class. So that's, that's where we're at at the midpoint season. And with that, I think we're going to move on to what the game of the year so far has been. I know there's been a lot of, a lot of good games this year, and I'm sure I probably missed some games besides the three that I'm going to list on here. So I don't have a true favorite because obviously I haven't been to any of these games, but I'm just kind of going off of what I've read on D9and10sports.com and what I've heard and from people at the two games that I've been at. I've The only games I've been at were the Clearfield Dubois game and the Brockway Port Allegheny game. So those, the, those are the only two games I've been to, but just reading some of these, I know that these were probably good games. So, I'm going to list off three games that I had picked out for game of the year so far, and I'm not going to choose a favorite one. I'm going to, I might do a poll on JB graphics page and everyone can kind of decide on that, but we'll just go no particular. Well, we'll just do it by weeks, I guess. So week one, we have the Kane at Brockway game on August 26th. And that was a game that Brockway won 28-25. And I'll kind of just go through the little recap that they have. And you guys can decide if that was a definitely a good game or not. So 
trailing by two touchdowns midway through the second quarter. Brockway scored three straight touchdowns on its way to a 28-25 win over visiting Kane. The Rovers were down 19-6 following a Ricky Zampogna, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, 22-yard touchdown run for Kane with 5.47 to go before the halftime. But Brockway scored twice over the span of the next quarter to take the lead for good, 20-19 on a one-yard Matt Brubaker touchdown with 5.16 left in the third quarter. So Ridgeway made it, or the the Rovers, the Rovers had made it 19-13 at halftime when Blake Pesarek, who started the season's scoring with a five-yard touchdown run, caught a 34-yard scoring pass from Braden Fox with three and a half minutes left to play before halftime. So long story short, the Rovers were down 19-13 at halftime. But we'll go back to where they ended up getting it to one. Up by one, Brockway expanded the lead to nine when Pesarek scored on a one-yard run following a Brubaker interception. The two-point conversion made it 28-19. to Kane didn't go away without a fight with Zampogna. I think it's Zampogna. I hope if someone's watching this, like, please tell me if I'm doing that right. But Kane didn't go away without a fight with Zampogna scoring his second touchdown of the night on an 18-yard run to make it 28-25 with 7.05 left. The Wolves got the ball back. Seth Stewart's strip sack helped seal the win for Brockway. So that, that game definitely had... Definitely was one that I looked at as probably a game of the year candidate just because of how Brockway came down from 19 to 6, and then Kane also tried to come back, but you know, a huge defensive stop with Seth Stewart and Brockway that definitely kind of helped seal the game. So, a close game like that with Brockway coming out with a 28 25 win. I think that was definitely a great way to start the season for him. And that's one of the games that I had circled as one of the games of the year so far. So that was the first one. The next one came on week two, which would have been the Central Clarion at Port Allegheny game. I know if you go to d9and10sports.com, they have, I think you can watch the replay of that game because i know chris and did the broadcast for that so definitely check that out if you want to watch the whole thing but we had yeah we'll just go through, we'll just read the recap that they have so it's probably a first half that central clarion wide receiver dawson hotchkiss wished he could forget in the half hotchkiss had a pass bounce off his hands and returned for a pick six and had a potential touchdown catch slip through his fingers but the Wildcats senior from North Clarion High School didn't allow the first half to define him, nor the game scoring three times after the break to lead Central Clarion to a 29-24 come-from-behind victory at Port Allegheny. All I knew was I gave up a pick six, Hotchkiss said. I got chewed out in the locker room, but I knew I had to rebound from that. Hotchkiss was also named the Allegheny Gorilla Foxburg player of the game and talked about his performance, which included four catches for... 91 yards. The halftime chewing out message was read aloud and clear from the very start of the second half as Hotchkiss returned the opening kickoff of the second half 95 yards to get the Wildcats within two points, 16-14, after they trailed 16-7 at the break. Hotchkiss wasn't close to being down in the quarter. Just under three minutes later, he hauled down a 20-yard touchdown pass from Jace Ferguson to give Central Clarion the lead 21-16. And then late in the quarter, he got a 49-yard scoring pass from Ferguson to put the Wildcats ahead 29-16. I'll be honest, I told Dawson Hotchkiss he didn't have a great first half, Central Central Clarion head coach Davey Eggleton said. I said it's time to make up for right now, and boy did he. While Hotchkiss gave Central Clarion a two-touchdown league, Port Allegheny, which led 16-0 at one point, didn't go away quietly. The Gators rode the legs of quarterback Drew Evans to an early fourth-quarter touchdown that was scored on a one-yard run by Blaine Moses after Evans did most of the heavy lifting on quarterback keepers. Port Allegheny then got the ball back and drove to the Central Clarion 35-yard line with just over two minutes to play, only to see Brady Quinn intercept an Evans pass. 
The Wildcats, though, couldn't run the clock out and were forced to punt the ball back to the Gators, who took over at their own 45-yard line with 46 seconds left and no timeouts. After two straight incomplete passes, Tommy Smith ended the game for Central Clarion when he picked off an Evans throw, the third interception of the Port Allegheny quarterback by the Wildcats' defense. After a lackluster first quarter that saw neither team score, things turned wild in the first one minute and 40 of the second quarter with three total touchdowns. Port Allegheny got the game's first two touchdowns just 13 seconds apart. After stuffing a fake punt attempt by Central Clarion, the Gators took over the Wildcats' 29-yard line in the first quarter and turned that into a 26-yard Evans to Noah Archer touchdown pass in the first play of the second quarter, just seven seconds into the quarter, and Evans to Archer two-point pass made it 8-0. Uh, yeah. Where are we at? Freshman Nick Wolfong got in the action just 13 seconds later when he picked off Ferguson's pass and bounced off the hands off Hotchkiss and returned it 44 yards to the touchdown. Evans ran in the two-point conversion, and it was a 16 nothing at the 11.40 mark of the second quarter. It took, it took the Wildcats just a minute and 20 to respond as Ferguson hit Ashton Rex in the open field, and Rex went 40, 50, 50 yards for a score at the 10.20 mark that with an extra point made it 16 to 7 game. That was huge, Eggleton said. It was a big play. We knew our athletes kind of had an advantage, and I think it showed for that time. In that game, Ferguson was 13 of 22 for 276 yards, three touchdowns, and interception. Rex had two catches for 77 yards and a score, while Smith had three catches for 58 yards, and Dawson Smale three for 55. Smale caught a 36-yard pass on a third and 35 from the Central Clarion 10-yard line that set up the third Hotchkiss touchdown. What the Wildcats couldn't do was run the ball, as they were limited to 32 yards on 17 carries by the Port Allegheny defense. Port Allegheny was more balanced on offense, gaining 144 on the ground and 165 through the air. Evans carried the ball 14 times for 79 yards, with Moses rushing 17 for 56 and a touchdown. Evans was also 17 of 33 for 165 yards, a touchdown, and four interceptions. Archer caught nine passes for 103 yards and a score and added 18 yards. So you can go back and rewatch that game on D9 and 10 sports.com. But just from what Chris was telling me, that was a really good game for both teams. I mean, it was an early season, it was uh, Port Allegheny's only loss of the year. And the fact that Central Clarion, who's undefeated right now, came back from a 16-0 deficit definitely was a big win for the Wildcats as they can, as they obviously showed in that game, that they can come back from being down. And I think it was a really good learning experience for Port Allegheny also, as now that they, they can kind of keep that in the back of their minds, like, hey, we lost, we blew a 16-0 lead, let's move forward with that. So... That was the second game that I had circled as a game of the year candidate. And I also have, this would be week three, we had Brookville at Keystone with Keystone winning 20-19. So I'll read the recap that we have on that. Kyle Nellis's 21-yard touchdown run and Drew Katz's two-point pass to Spencer Heater off a fake extra point play with 6.15 left in the game lifted Keystone to a come-from-behind 2019 win over Brookville. Nellis ran for 108 yards on 14 carries and threw a 52-yard option pass for touchdown to Drew Slonhop to lead the Panthers. Boom. To lead, yeah. Race Weaver completed five of 11 for 135 yards, including a 49 yard touchdown pass to Tyler Albright, who caught four passes for 121 yards. The Raiders jumped out to a 13 0 lead in the first quarter as Easton Belfore, Belfiore, I'm sorry if your name, if I pronounce that name wrong. As Easton threw two of his three touchdown passes to Braden Kunzelman and Noah Peterson, covering 20 and 19 yards. Weaver's touchdown pass to Albright and Nelson's scoring strike to Slonhop. I hope that's right, but cut the score to 13 12 before Belfour's 34 yard touchdown pass to Kunzelman made it 19 12 with 1 09 left in the game. 
That turned out to be all the points scored for the Raiders, who were limited to 41 yards in the second half by the Panthers. However, the Raiders threatened late in the game, getting to the Panthers' 20 uh, with under two minutes remaining on a third and five play. Third and five play from the Keystone 15, the Panthers sacked Bell four. After the game, after the play, the game clock ran at least 20 seconds when this year's new rule should have given the Raiders the option to stop the clock because of a defensive penalty called on a five-yard face mask flag. Instead, the Panthers sacked Bell, Bell for, for a nine-yard loss to force fourth down and fourth down at the Panthers 29 with seven seconds put back on the clock after it was allowed to run out despite Brookville trying to call a timeout. On the final play of the game, Keth intercepted Belfour at the goal line to seal the win. So, long story short there, Keystone's defense really stepped up in the second half, and they came from behind to win that. And you can also read the recap on d9and10sports.com. So, those are the three games that I had circled as game of the year. We had Kane at Brockway, Central Clarion at Port Allegheny, and Brookville at Keystone. So those are definitely some of the games that I thought are worthy of Game of the Years. I'm sure there's a lot of others, but we're going to take a break from me reading this stuff. And I actually have one of my collab members joining us. Howdy. What's up? Oh, you know, nothing much. Just got home. Nice. Where were where, where, uh, Did you go to Were you going to any games tonight? Or No, I was at the gym. Oh, there you go. Yeah. that. Out in late at night. That's what I like to see. Yeah. So, so Bryce, we were. Uh, I was kind of discussing about how the season's gone, and I know you've been at a, a lot of Punxy games this year. How's uh, how's it been this year with Punxy off to a better start than they've been in previous years? Oh, way better. Uh, they, uh, I think they've been changing like their with them changing their lineup and stuff. Really helped them out and all of that. Changing uh, no Weaver to wide receiver instead of quarterback, really great wide receiver. He was a good quarterback also, but I I think Seth Moore was a better pick for that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you've also gone to you were at the uh, uh, Dubois Brookville game this past week, right? Yeah. How was that game? Oh, very good. I don't really know any of the players' names, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Really love Du Bois. Very yeah, there you go. great team. Mm-hmm. Also, Bill is a very great team, but Du Bois. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with going to a, any games that are definitely in your area, especially if you don't know any anyone's names. I mean, I went up to Port Allegheny and I maybe knew two or three. I basically just knew all the players from the recaps that I read. So that was. I definitely get where you're coming from with going to different games and stuff. And, yeah. you know, this, this is the first, uh, this is my first collab member I actually got on the show. So I guess this is the first time I'm actually like talking to you like one-on-one here, but uh, I'm glad that you're kind of helping the page out. Like I, I don't, I don't think me texting you guys, like how much it definitely means for the page, but I mean, you look at the page and like your, your pictures that you get me, I know Madison's pictures, Allison's pictures and, uh, Noah's pictures like it definitely if you just look at the page like it's definitely all of you guys because I was just pointing out to someone this past week like I'll do all these graphics but then I'll just point out like I didn't take that picture I didn't take that picture I didn't take that picture and you know without without you guys there would definitely would not be there wouldn't be as many game day graphics or just any type of graphics that I have for for everyone that follows the JB graphics page. So like, I just want to just want to let you know that you, what you guys are doing are definitely, this is definitely a big help for me and the page. And I'm glad that you wanted to help out and be a part of it this year. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. And especially like, you know, you were just, like I said, like, even though you're, I know you're from Punxy and you've been to some Punxy games, like you got the Dubois uh, Brockway game earlier this year. You got the Dubois Brookville game earlier this year. You know, that was definitely a big help getting some Dubois pictures. And you even had the luxury of getting two back-to-back games with the home team wearing the camo jerseys. That was kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah. And uh, actually speaking of Dubois too, I know you have uh, I think you have a big matchup of Dubois at Punxsy this weekend. Yeah. Homecoming game too, so 
that'd be a big game for us. Yeah, so are you on the homecoming committee court thing or whatever? Or? Nah. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah. yeah, that should that should definitely be a good game. I know that's been a that's like a big rivalry just with how close both of those schools are to each other. So I hope you get to see a pretty good game between those two. Yeah. Our biggest game will probably be uh Brookfield for Punksy. Yes. Yeah, when when's that game? I didn't uh, I didn't get that far ahead of the schedule. I don't know, but every year it's just a really big game for us. We're fighting for the Route 36 trophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that'll be a good game for you. Uh, I kind of did uh, – I also went over how our standings are. Uh, did you? Are there any teams that are kind of, like, surprising you this year with, like, either at the top of the standings, below the standings? Uh, Do you know what the standings are? Or? Not really. Okay. Uh, I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just go over you. I'll, I'll go over them again real quick. So in okay. Class A, in Class A, we got ECC five and Red Bank Valley five and Keystone four and one, Port Allegheny four and one, Countersport three and two, Auto three and two, Union AC Valley three and two, Kerwinsville three and two, Brockway two and three, Smithport one and four, Cameron County zero oh and five, Sheffield zero oh and four, in two A, Central Clarion five and zero, Carn City three and two. Brookville one and four, Kane one and four, Monotone one and four, Ridgeway zero and five, three A, Clearfield four and one, St. Mary's four and one, Punxsy two and three, and in four A, Dubois four and one, and Bradford zero and five. Dang. So that that's kind of like what the class like the class standings would look like, and if like the playoff they get the season started, how that's kind of how the not how the seedings would be, but that's kind of like a rough idea on who would be where at this point in the season. Yeah. So, I'm I'm trying to think like just looking at that too. Like, who do you think would be the favorite in Class A? Because I think that's kind of the hardest to kind of predict. I know you actually got to see uh, you got to see Red Bank play. Are they as good as what they're made out to be? Yeah. I haven't gotten to see them live yet. Red Bank's probably the best team I know of. Okay, yeah, that yeah they're they're pretty good this year, especially even after losing everyone from last year's state title run team. Like they're still finding ways to win. I kind of mentioned earlier in the show too, like they started off down thirteen at Bridgeway and ended up coming back for the win. Yeah, Clarion also did really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I looked at the two way thing, and I think it's kind of between Central Clarion and Carn City, unless there's like a massive turnaround between Brookville, Kane, and Monotaw. But I, I think, I think that game's kind of going to be the. I think we're going to. I think we're going to get like a two way championship preview this week because I know Carn City is playing at Central Clarion. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of the standings, and I also went over game of the year so far. Are there any games that kind of stood out to you this season? Uh, I really liked the Dubois versus Brockway game. That was- oh, that's a good game too. I completely forgot about that one. Yeah, that's probably- I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, go ahead. Best game I've been to this year so far. Yeah, I heard there was a. I never really talked. I didn't get to talk to a lot of people, but I heard there was like some controversy at the end. Like, was uh, Brockway short or close, or like, what was that like for from your perspective? Well, they they like were kind of like neck to neck there for uh, at the end for a little, and then uh, I thought Brockway was gonna win when they scored the one touchdown. I, I forget what quarter. Then then uh, Dubois is fired right back. Then uh. There was like two or three minutes left, and uh, Brockway was making their way down the field, and then uh, they were like right by the goal, and uh, they had like I don't know how many seconds there was left, but uh, Dubois, uh, the defense uh, stopped them. Yeah, that's I, I can't believe I can I can I completely forgot about that game. So I'm really glad that you brought that up and brought that to my attention. So I guess I have four. I guess there's four games right now that I have as game of the year so far candidates. So I'll definitely have to keep that in the back of my mind. Uh, what's been What's been the fa- What's been uh, your favorite Punksy game that you've been to this year? Uh, probably, probably the first one. I forget who they verse, but. Just hype and stuff like yelling up to 
big game. I was Brad for the hype mm-hmm. and stuff to that game. Yeah, I, I really like the, the Punxy Red Zone page and everything that that page has. I know you just had your uh, Week 5 MVP post, so that I really do like I like seeing all the stuff that you guys post on there, so it definitely makes me follow Punxy a lot more. And I know uh, standing-wise, they, they're not the greatest sitting right now, but do you expect maybe to, a turnaround this season, like kind of get back on the horse and get back to how they started the season? Uh. Not really sure. I, I think they will win against Dubois, which I really like Dubois, and that's hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. I think they will come out on top for that game, but other than that, I'm not positive because, you know. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, team. There ain't mm-hmm. them either, but. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the rest of their schedule just because I'm kind of curious to see who. I was going to put together all the schedules for everyone and kind of go game by game for everyone, but I'm like, that's going to take forever. And I don't think people want to sit here and listen to me talk for that long, but yeah. uh, look, it looks like the rest of their schedule. They got Dubois this week, Carn city, the following week, Monata, Brookville and union AC Valley to finish off the season. Yeah. So, might- I mean, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I think if they, I I don't know how the whole playoff thing works, like to be honest with you, but I think since there's only three teams in there, I would like to say that if they have a winning, like a winning record this season, I think what will happen is one of the teams in 3A will get a bye, and then you might have like a Punxy St. Mary's matchup or a Punxy Clearfield matchup or however. However, all those standings kind of play out too, because I know St. Mary still has some tough games left ahead of them on their schedule. But I think, like, if they have a winning record, at least I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I know that one year they had a really bad record, and uh, they had like a shot of going to playoffs, but mm-hmm. uh, they still didn't go. Yeah, they the whole uh, the class thing changes like it's on a two year basis. I mean, like last year, I know Brockway and Keystone were both in two A, and now they're in one A. And uh, kind of like going back to like the one A thing, like just with those two teams being added back to the one A, that definitely creates a lot like a, a lot of good teams in one A. But you know, going to the Punxy schedule too. I mean, you got two def- definitely two to three like winnable games left. I mean, you got Monotaw, Brookville, they're both one and four right now. So there's like two possible wins there. I mean, I feel like Union AC Valley could go either way to finish out the season. So that I, I like, I like Punksy. And I mean, you have a, you got a heck of a running back too. Uh, Zeke Bennett's like the real deal. I've been told, I was told uh, up in Port Allegheny, actually, that they think that uh, Zeke's one of the best running backs in the district right now. Yeah, the the one game where you posted over and under for uh wasn't two hundred yards was it mm-hmm. birthday? So that kind of really motivated him. Oh, that's awesome! I'm glad I I'm gonna yeah. take credit for that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I haven't gotten to see uh I haven't gotten to see Zeke play yet. But uh, just from uh, everything that I was told and just talking to people on the sidelines at the two games that I've been at this year, like they definitely have have him on the radar and i think i'd like to say i can't confirm it for sure because i know not all the teams update their stats on max preps but he definitely has like the most rushing yards in the district and i guess i'll kind of spoil it too he's one of my mid offensive stars for the mid-season awards he has 127 carries for 721 yards and 10 touchdowns this season yeah he just broke record for rushing yards too yeah that's all that's that's awesome so shout out to zeke and i guess while you're here too are you good with staying on for a little bit uh i don't know what time it is i mean it's almost 10 30 uh probably for a little bit longer all right we'll go uh we'll uh 
I'll just have you on here and you can tell me if I'm if I'm spot on on this. So for the off for the midseason awards, we have on offense, I have Cam Wagner from Red Bank. Right now he is 71 400 1353 yards and 22 touchdowns while adding five carries for 93 yards and touchdown. You think that's a pretty do you think that's a fair statement to put Cam out there as one of our stars? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I already told you Zeke was on there, and the other offensive star I have is Danny McGarry from Kerwinsville. He's ninety for one hundred and fifty-seven, one thousand seventy-three yards and eight touchdowns, while also having seventy carries for six hundred yards and eight touchdowns. That's good. So that that's pretty, and especially with like the schedule that they're on. Like I know. I don't really know much about any of the teams that they play because I don't really pay attention to District 6 or whatever. I'm more focused on our district, obviously. So I, I don't know if like the quality of teams are more difficult or whatever, but just the fact that you were throwing up. He, he, he's on pace to have like a 1,000-yard passing, a 1,000-yard rushing type of season. Yeah. So for my, those are my offensive stars that – I kind of highlighted. I know there's definitely a lot of people I missed, but don't don't take that. Hopefully, they don't take that too personal. But Cam Wagner, Danny McGarry, and Zeke Bennett are so far my three offensive stars for the midseason awards. Uh, defensively, I have Ryan Hummel from Central Clarion, 63 tackles, three interceptions, with one of the interceptions going for a touchdown and one fumble recovery. I don't know if you've seen – I don't think you've seen Central Clarion play yet this year, have you? I – was that the game I was just at? Oh, wait, you went – oh, yeah. you went to – you were there for the first half, right? You went to the Pumpsy yeah. Clarion game. Yeah. Was that uh, – what number was he again? He was number 11. Okay, I remember him. Yeah. He, he was he's pretty- had- He's had a really good uh, defensive season from the stats and stuff that I've read. That's why I kind of did that over-under on him because he's averaging a lot of tackles per game, so he's definitely helping out the central clarion defense. Um, Tyler Albright from Keystone. 17 tackles, four interceptions for 37 yards with one interception going for a touchdown and a fumble recovery. Okay. I think... uh, I kind of did. I kind of, I kind of sorted the defensive things. Like I did, like I looked at like tackles, interceptions, and then like fumble recoveries, and just seeing that four interceptions on defense. Like that's, I thought that was definitely worthy of uh, defensive stat to put on there. And then I also have Addison Plants from Kane, fifty-nine tackles and one fumble recovery for a touchdown. It's pretty good. Yeah, like defense is kind of hard just because there's so many, there's just so many people to choose from. And like, since I haven't seen them like physically play or even like watch any film on everyone, it's kind of hard for me to kind of base that. I'm kind of just basing them off of some stats and like the quality of opponents that they're playing. And that's, that's kind of how I did that. And hopefully, if anyone's like upset that I didn't pick them for, a defensive or offensive player or whatever. I hope that maybe we can turn around the second half of the season and kind of have hopefully get their name in there for the full season awards, I guess. Yeah. And I guess I also can't forget special teams. You know, I was a former special teamer back in, back in, back in the day. Uh, don't please don't look up my stats because they were definitely not good at all. <laughs> but uh, the one I have that really stood out to me Ashton Kale from Red Bank Valley. 237 total yards from kick return and punt returns. He has five kick returns for 113 with a long of 50 and five punt returns for 124 yards and a long of 53. Dang. So kind of looking at that stat, just just because it's Red Bank too, and I know that they have a tough schedule and – Punt returns and kick returns are definitely huge, and whenever you have 237 yards for your team on special teams, like that's definitely a huge 
boost and that might even be like a special teams player of the year type of thing right there because i couldn't i don't think there's anyone else that has that many yards unless i missed it on max preps or or anyone else but like i think that's definitely someone who's really helped out their team in the special teams department yeah i think uh for the first uh for the kick return for punksy versus red bank don't remember what number it was i think it was him he took mm-hmm. it home way back yeah that, maybe that might have been that might have been Aiden Ortz or him I, I, it was debatable because like both of those guys are really good on special teams but that yeah. that's kind of the main guy I circled on there for special team stars and you know I had to give uh, I also gave some love to some of the kickers out there since you know that's what I did back in back in the day but I have Thomas U Kurt from Central Clarion 20 for 20 on PATs, and he is 7 for 8 on field goals with a long of 26 and 41 scoring points for the Wildcats. Okay. So, you know, I I figured, you know, if, like, I guess high-scoring teams are bound to have a lot of uh, extra points, but, like, just the fact that he's accounted for 41 points on the season, you know, especially seven for eight on field goals. Like that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty good stat too. Cause like, you don't, you don't normally see field goals in high school, especially in our district. Yeah. So I, I just saw that stat. I'm like, all right, seven for eight on field goals. Like uh, that does, that's definitely worthy. And then the last special teams guy had Landon Chalmers from union AC Valley, Nine PATs, and I gave him this just because he has the longest field goal so far in District Nine that I saw—a 34-yard field goal. So, I, I think that I think those three that I have were definitely special team-worthy stars, and you know, everyone can definitely, you know, feel free to tell me I'm wrong with that. I will gladly accept that. Uh, yeah, Aiden Cameron. You should look at Griffin Barrick or Matthew Gresky's stats on defense. I swear I'm not Chuck's biased. <laughs> they are pretty good. Yeah, I'll have to. Well, like I said, like if anyone wants to tell me players to watch in the future moving forward, I will gladly take that into consideration. You know, I'm trying to get to know, trying to get to know a lot of people in District Nine. I mean, heck, I went up to Port Allegheny not knowing really anyone, and I guess some people knew who I was. So I guess. I guess that's a good thing. So definitely, definitely feel free to let me know players to watch and stuff, and go from there. But that's kind of our; those are my mid-season awards right now. Cam Wagner, Dana McGarry, and Zeke Bennett on offense. Ryan Hummel, Tyler Albright, and Addison Plants on defense. Ashton Kale, Thomas Eukert, and Landon Chalmers for special teams. That sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah. One kid I saw. Uh, that was really good on defense uh, for Dubois. 72, I don't know his name, but he was doing pretty good at uh, Dubois versus Brookville. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I got to see Dubois play too, and they definitely have uh, a lot of good players. And that Cameron Hayes kid is pretty good. Uh, and they just have a lot of – I know they have a lot of big big linemen and D linemen on their team. So I, I'm sure they probably have a bunch of stats that I missed or probably forgot to shout out, but just shout out to everyone in district nine. I know everyone's playing the best they can out there and I know I'm going to miss some stats along the way. So like I said, feel free to let me know I'm wrong with that. And we'll definitely check back to see probably in the, we'll probably, I don't, I don't think I want to do like a regular season award because we'll probably end up just doing, getting right into playoff stuff. So Definitely, we'll probably have like an end of the season award, kind of like how the basketball award show was. I don't know if were you following the page at that time for the basketball yeah. show. Yeah, that's actually when I met you. Uh, I actually met you at a game, if you remember. Oh, you! Oh, you were at St. Mary's, right? Yeah, yeah, it was St. Mary's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, texted you, Tyler Elliott. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All those. I was looking back like a while ago, just looking at all the games, and like I can't believe how many games I went to. I literally looked back and like because I was like renaming all the folders on Lightroom as you saw, and yeah. I was just looking. I'm like, geez, I went to like a game every single night in February and March. 
like all every, everything like kind of runs together because like i met so many different people throughout the that season and looking back i'm like wow i stayed up all night to edit all the pictures that following night to post the next day and uh i'll have your i'll have yours posted here soon is yours uploaded now yeah it should be all uploaded unless it all right i kept uh did that one time yeah well yeah i don't know what happened with that but we'll we, we got it figured out and uh definitely check out bryce's album i'll probably post i'll probably get to post that later i know Allison posted her album, so I'm going to try to get a post made for her. And then I think Madison was still working on hers. I know Noah wasn't feeling the best this weekend, so he actually didn't get out to a game. But he'll actually be at the Central Clarion Carn City game this week. And I guess to kind of wrap up, wrap it up for you, we'll read off the week six schedule. And I'm going to, I'm going to have you since I don't, I don't like predicting things. I mean, you can find my picks on the D9 intense Force site, but I'm not going to say it on air. We'll go uh, week six preview. We have Ridgeway at Keystone. Uh, probably going to take a Keystone. Okay. Sheffield at Otto Eldred. I don't know either of them teams, but I'll go Chef. Whatever. All right, all right. Chef going with the Sheffers. Uh, Union AC Valley at Red Bank. Uh, Red Bank. Smithport at Brockway. Probably Brockway. Bradford at Monotaw. Monotaw. St. Mary's at Brookville. St. Mary's. Cameron County at Bucktail. Don't know them teams either, but uh, Cameron County. Okay. Carn City at Central Clarion. Oh, uh, might take Central. Okay. Clearfield at Huntington. Clearfield. Cowdersport at Elk County. Uh, don't really know uh, them teams either, but uh, Elk. Okay. Kerwinsville at West Branch. Uh, Kernsville. Port Allegheny at Kane. Port. And your game, Dubois at Punxsy. Had to go with Punxsy. All right. What's what's the score? What's going to be the score? Uh, it's probably. It has to be close. I'm not going to name off the score. <laughs> All right. That's smart. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's kind of uh, – I kind of went over everything that I wanted to go over with. Uh, I guess the last thing, since I'm having you predict things, uh, who's going to be in the Class A District 9 championship game? Uh is, is Red Bank in that one? That class yeah, A? So, so Class A, Elk County – Red Bank, Keystone, Port Allegheny, Cowdersport, Auto, Union, Kerwinsville, Brockway, Smithport, Cameron County, Sheffield. Ah, uh, yeah, Red Bank. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, who, who do you think they're going to play in the championship? Oh, yeah. That's a hard one for me. I, I don't know. <laughs> Red Bank's, like, you know, been going to the you know, championships, like, almost every single year. So. Yeah. Yeah, they they have, but yeah. all right. Uh two A, uh Central Clarion, Carn City, Brookville, Kane, Monotaw, Ridgeway. Did you say central? Yeah. Probably. That's and then uh, you probably don't want to answer this, but Clearfield, St. Mary's Punksy. I might go with uh Clearfield. All right. There you go. So that that's really all I have. Oh, I guess I forgot to add this too, just for uh heads up for everyone watching i guess for you to watch and watch too i kind of listed some future games to watch that we have in the future uh i got in week eight central clarion at dubois and red bank valley at port allegheny i think that red bank valley port game is going to be really good too just because you got right now five and one versus four and one but at that time we'll see what it's like but that's definitely a game i had circled looking forward to 
kind of get a gauge to see how good Port actually is since, you know, they kind of hung around with Central Clarion and then, you know, Red Bank's Red Bank. So I think that's going to be a really good game in week eight. And even Central Clarion Dubois, like, we'll see how good Dubois is against Central Clarion, I think. Yeah. Uh, week, week nine, we have another Central Clarion game. Central Clarion at St. Mary's. I think that's going to be a big game down the stretch, as well as Keystone at Port Allegheny. Yeah. I kind of want to see how Keystone matches up with Port Allegheny. I know Keystone didn't really have the best of games against Red Bank a couple weeks ago, but I think you know they just won their game last week, and I think maybe moving forward that's gonna that could be a good game to watch. And in the week 10 matchups, I have Central Clarion versus Red Bank. Okay. That, that might be a, that could be, that could very well be a game of the year type right there. That one's going to be close. I, yeah. And then I also have Clearfield at Carn City. I know that doesn't really affect Clearfield as much, but nor Carn City, but I think just knowing, knowing Clearfield, as I know a lot of the kids there, like I think that the car and city game could be really good. But yeah. I'm really thinking that Central Clarion Red Bank game is definitely going to be a really good game. I know they always have, they've always had really good games. I remember, I'm trying to remember the one year Red Bank Clarion, I think it was 2013. I don't think I was only I was younger than you are at the time at that point of the game, but I remember reading about that. Yeah, I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna find you the stats and read that to you because you're you're you might be mind blown with how that game went. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna find it because I definitely know it existed. Give me a second. This is the last thing before we wrap the show up because I kind of want to give this little history lesson to everyone. Okay. Oh, where's that? Oh, that definitely wasn't it. I think it wasn't 2013. Maybe it was. There it is. 20, oh shoot, I lost the page. 2014, that's the game it was. So this was about eight years ago. So let me just read you off some of the stats that I have. So for Red Bank, so this was, okay, so I guess kind of to put it back into perspective here, Clarion won that game 58 to 46. And uh, let's see. Uh, for Red Bank, Jake Daughtry was 40 for 69, 614 yards, and seven touchdowns for passing. And I know receiving wise, they had three. They had Connor Shoemaker, 104 catches for 139 yards and touchdown. Uh, I don't know what his first name is, but Hornberger, 155 yards on 10 catches for four touchdowns, and Wyatt Hetrick had 18 catches for 242 yards and a touchdown. Dang. So that was just Clarion stats. Now, for the big stat for Clarion offense, they didn't really have much of a passing game, but Ian Corbett had 31 carries for 397 yards and five touchdowns insane yeah so that, that's kind of everyone's little history lesson there i only know i i definitely remember that game because we played we played clarion in the playoffs that year in the first round and that was one of the games we watched on film and i was just like impressed with how both offenses were in that game and yeah. I, you know we we had the, we had the luxury of getting clarion in the first round and got whooped 34-13 against a really good a really good Clarion team. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's that's everyone's little history lesson of uh, since that kind of like brought back some memories of Clarion Red Bank games. I'm sure we'll probably bring that up again, but that's all I have for my mid-season awards. So thanks, thanks for hopping on, Bryce. No problem. I really, really appreciate you kind of uh, breaking it up with me, just talking for the whole hour. I don't think anyone really wanted to listen to me talk for a whole hour straight. So that's why I kind of like having guests on with me, just so we, you know, kind of bounce ideas off and maybe give a break for me talking the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for hopping on the show, and hopefully, I'll have you on again, maybe for the postseason awards, and you know, good luck at the rest of the year with your picture taken and thanks for being on the collab team thank you no problem and thanks for everyone who stuck around to watch this whole show uh you know check out bryce's work on the jb graphics smug mug page i know i'm going to post his album here soon so thanks everyone for tuning on to the mid-season report and hopefully we'll be back next week i know i've kind of been slacking the last two weeks with not being on the show and we've only had nine episodes in 2022, so I've really been letting people down on that. <laughs> but we'll be back. We'll, I'll be back at some point. I'm I'm gonna say next week, hopefully. But other than that, I'm JB. That's Bryce. We're on the JB Graphics Collab team. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.